Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Krops. Hey, good morning, everybody, as we begin a new broadcast week here on Political Coffee, the show well, that aims to give you yeah, what you need to persuasively persuade people who are persuadable to begin thinking about their political allegiances differently. Perhaps we do that by talking about political issues that are in fact very relevant to what's going on in our world so that you can change your world one person at a time. I mean, just think about it. Think about if there are 10 people in a school district board that change their minds because maybe something you do what if there's only one but what if 10 of you have it as your goal to begin that wonderful but long process of moving people ideologically, to where they, I mean, leading that horse to water, and then at some point in time, that horse decides to drink. Yeah. Can you imagine the change? No, seriously. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that tomorrow night at the Honky Tonk. That's right. Tomorrow night is political coffee clutch, and boy, do we have a lineup for you, folks. Fairly Nelson, you know, the former communist who made a fantastic presentation. She's from Unify, Oregon. She's going to be joining us to talk about their big fundraiser they've got coming up on Saturday. Unify, Oregon. She's going to be there. We are going to maybe have a presentation. The latest update from Mark Thielman about the federal judge tossing his lawsuit, well, not only his, but Senator Dennis Linthicum, whom we will talk with tomorrow. You know, we usually have those Tuesday conversations with him. Anyway, um, what's the process going? Oh, and we'll talk about the tossing of that lawsuit, and we'll talk about the news story of it. The incredible bias. You know, journalism is dead, but this is so obvious. So, and it's a lying. I'm, I'm going to call it that. This is an absolutely lying reporter. And Mark Thielman can address that. He may even join us today. We'll see that. But also at the Honky Tonk, Nick Hill, Nick Hall, rather. Marion Polk first, very deeply involved, as some of you are, in gathering signatures to repeal the city of Salem new income tax vote. He's going to be joining us to pick up your petitions, 
to answer further questions, to hand out petitions, folks. Because this is my challenge to all of you in this audience, including many of you who are government employees who don't want to pay this tax. Come to the Honky Tonk tomorrow night. We've got a two-hour block from 6 to 8. Come and get petitions. Learn how to sign them correctly so that your signatures you go out and work hard to get from your fellow co-workers so those signatures don't get tossed because you made a little mistake. We're doing all of that tomorrow night starting at 6 o'clock at the Honky Tonk there on McGillcrest next to the Salem Airport. Join us. It's the Political Coffee Clatch. It'll be up on our Telegram page, which is Political Coffee Clatch. Come and join us tomorrow night. Now. Did you know that Oregon has its own version of how the deep state covers up things? What? Now, the deep state in Oregon is more administrative than it is um, in the intelligence community, because we really don't have much of an intelligence community, quote unquote, here in Oregon. Oregon State Police has an intel unit as Portland Police does, Salem Police. Most of the police departments in the cities in Oregon have some folks communicating with others in the intel community as it is more localized than it is on the federal side. There is some coordination with the FBI, uh, but it, it, is, it is not at the level that it is at the federal level. But Oregon's deep state is more administrative than anything else. Now, I'm going to get into that here today because I think this is really important. We will talk about the federal judge tossing Mark Thielman's lawsuit today. Well, actually, it happened uh, last week. There's more stuff going on, including Carrie Lake, whom I think would make one of several people that I personally believe would be a great vice presidential pick for Donald Trump. Uh, I think that she is, uh, in fact, I know she's going to be here this coming Saturday also for a book signing. This is the Oregon Constitutional Carry folks that are bringing her. She, you can buy copy of her book and go on from there. It sounds like a great, uh, great evening. They are not, and it's going to be in Salem, but they're not advertising the venue for the obvious security reasons. Because no doubt Antifa will want to show up and disrupt it if they can. Because that's what Antifa does. And they generally get away with it, or at least they used to. For you see, the more pressure we put on our elected officials, you know, like our Marion County DA and the Marion County Sheriff, to do what Senator Brian Boquist is asking us to do that's so important, that's making these corruption complaints. Now, that ties into the op-ed piece by the editor of The Oregonian. 
that gets us into this whole topic of how in Oregon the deep state is able to cover things up. And they do, folks. And we have a proud history of that. It ain't a particularly good thing to be proud of, in my very humble estimation. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. There's going to be explosive testimony, by the way, today uh, by Devin Archer, who is Hunter Biden's former uh, business partner who says, who's going to say this today, apparently, that at least two dozen times, Hunter Biden put his dad, who was vice president to Barack Hussein Obama at the time, put him on the phone with business associates at least two dozen times. And then my old buddy, Wayne Allen Root, who's got a great show on Real America's Voice, um, has a piece there. And, and both of these stories are up on the Liberty Daily. It says, bribery Biden is Obama's useful idiot. Okay. So let's get into Oregon's deep state. Now, The letter to the editor, it's actually a letter from the editor. So basically you can call this a one-person editorial. This is from the editor, Teresa Bottomley, of the Fish Wrap, as we call it, the Oregonian. Here's the headline. Oregon Ethics Panel needs a better system for informing the public. Boy, is that ever the understatement of the year. Did you know, now in Oregon law, okay, for those of you who ever served on any governmental panel, and I've served on several, for, I was 17 years on the Sublimity Fire Board, uh, was 16 years uh, with Oregon Connections Academy, which is now Oregon Charter Academy, the largest publicly funded charter school in the state. So I have a little bit of experience with this, all right? Oregon law says that you and I have the opportunity to attend public meetings, virtually or in person, right? And we know that gets bastardized, sadly. But then they have this thing called executive session where you can, and we did many times, talk about issues in a closed meeting that, other pe- unless we opened it up, and you can do that. But unless you open it up, everyone's excluded except reporters. Reporters can come to that executive session and be aware of what's going on, but they cannot report on it. That's Oregon law. But then when you come out of that executive session and you, v- and you choose to make a policy vote on something, you have to vote in public. Again, you don't talk about the things you talked about in an executive session, but you can vote 
in public. You have to. Did you know that the Oregon Ethics Commission doesn't have that requirement? In fact, the Oregon Ethics Commission can not only go into executive session, but they can vote in secret. Now, afterwards, they have to post the recording of that vote. But as Teresa Bottomley points out, um, not only this is, is this, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Remember, this show's about common sense and using the common sense things of public policy to change your world, to, you know, present them. So I go back to a tried and true, and it is tried and true, folks. Methodology for you to be persuasive of others, and here's the perfect opportunity to do it. You could say to someone you work with, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Never worked with my kids. And I bet it probably didn't work with your kids either. Because it doesn't. And you guys know it. Because your kids will call you on it every time. But, did you know, apparently, that's the excuse of the Oregon Ethics Commission, how they can, they are the only public body in the entire state that gets to do something that the law says they can do that nobody else can do they chastise people in public as the ethics commission except they get to vote on it in secret when nobody else does everybody else has to vote on it publicly they get the special opportunity to cover up I'll talk about that on the other side of the break at 620 because they have, folks. Oh, boy, have they. Back in a moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-two minutes past the top of the hour. Yes, there is a deep state in Oregon. It's an administrative deep state, and they get special quirks in the law, they say, that allows them to cover things up. They get to do something nobody else does. Again, it's do as I say, but not as I do. And boy, do they protect their little fiefdom. And I'll talk about that in a moment with examples of just exactly how they do that. You know, last couple of days, been kind of on the warm side. I tried to work a little bit outside yesterday and I just, uh uh-uh. (laughs) You know, just doing stuff around the house, the new project. Of course, the project is a building a new house. And I just came inside and I got into a nice, cool little home, which is the home I live in currently. Air conditioning is so nice. But if yours ain't working, 
use improper English, but if it ain't working, why don't you make it work? And it's easy to do that. Be cool in these hot days. And we got a lot of them coming, folks. I mean, this is, you know, August is typically the hottest <laughs> month of the year. Call Freedom Heating and Air. You know what? They'll get out to your home or your business and they will get it fixed. Or maybe it's just time to upgrade. You can do that too. 503 580 1456. 503 580 1456. That's their phone number. Don't suffer in all the heat, please. Don't suffer in all the heat. Do it today. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. Freedomheatingandair.net. Let's see here. Amanda giving you the heads up. Uh, to, we might have Mark Thielman here talk about the tossing of this federal lawsuit. And if we do that, it'll be here at the bottom of the hour, which is typically the time that we have. Yes, come up. Uh, So here's the deal. Oh, by the way, if you want to know if, well, there's lots of pork that just got handed out. Outside of the big funding bill at the end of the legislative session, this is a Northwest Observer story. There's $34.6 million in multi-youth use bike paths, hiking paths, planning and improvements that are, quote unquote, off system. These are your gas tax dollars that are being used to, you know, provide alternative forms supposedly, to, you know, driving. So in other words, we can put $34 million uh, into all kinds of new bike path projects and walking projects. But we can't add another lane to a bridge going across the Columbia River. Well, we wouldn't dare do that. No, that would be bad. Oh, and we're going to toll that, too. We can't add any more lanes to I-205, but we're going to toll the bridges there. Oh, and you could probably find some pork here. In fact, I believe that Tim Knope was bragging about some of these projects right after he caved. And allowed the Democrats to pass whatever they wanted, including this bill. That allows in not only abortions, um, also, by the way, tomorrow night, I'm, I'm skipping around here, uh, Oregon People's Vote is going to be joining us also. So <laughs> it's going to be a busy night at the Honky Tonk for the Political Coffee Clatch. Anyway. Uh, This story, and I'll have it up on the show plan, is you just wonder how much pork Republicans got for caving and giving the Democrats the ability to do what they did, especially with House Bill 2000 and C. So here's how the scam works. 
for how Oregon's administrative deep state covers up things. They get to do something nobody else, any other public body cannot do. They get to vote in secret in executive session. Okay? They get to vote. Now, they defend that right. But here's the deal. They say, well, yeah, because it's such a sensitive thing and we're the watchdog. We get to do something nobody else gets to do. We get to vote in secret. And nobody can report on it. But the recording of that, we put up on the website. And as Teresa Bottomley points out, yeah, they do, but you can't hardly find it. And reporters can't hardly find it. You see, it's not found under public records, cases or complaints or resources, but rather under the meetings tabs. Now, they don't say anything about voting after they voted. You don't know. Now, this played out. John Kitsov and his girlfriend. Their obvious corruption with huge amounts, like emails, folks, sort of like Hunter Biden, brought to the forefront. And what happened? They got their wrists slapped. Wouldn't you have liked to have been a reporter in that executive section? And they got to vote on it. It's a cover-up. Mark Thielman on the other side of this break. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 24 minutes before the top of the hour. It is an honor to have each and every one of you in the audience today. We will get back to Oregon's administrative deep state cover-up agency, otherwise known as the Oregon Ethics Commission, and how they get to do something no other public body in Oregon gets to do. Vote in secret. And how they protect that little thing. You know, this again, this is do as I say, not as I do. It's pathetic, folks, but it's how they covered up a whole bunch of stuff and they continue to. And the legislature needs to fix it. Folks, a federal judge tossed out Mark Thielman and and many others lawsuit on mail-in voting and tabulation machines. This is a story uh, that's on the show plan today by Julia Shumway of the Oregon Capitol Chronicle. And if there was ever a shining and stellar example of reporter absolute bias, dripping with virtually every word this woman writes. This is it. Joining us to talk about it is Mark Thielman. Mark, great to have you with us this morning. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. 
So the judge tosses your lawsuit for that same old reason and never discussed the merits, though the reporter indicates not only bias, but says over and over again, there's no evidence. Judge heard no evidence. So what happened here? Well, if uh, the reporter had been in the courtroom, they would have seen a very uncomfortable Secretary of State defense attorney and staff and the judge absolutely squirming in their seats. And here's the piece that's unbelievable. It was a hearing, a dismissal hearing, and in a dismissal hearing, the judge is required to assume that the plaintiff's uh, uh, point, so that, that their case is true. Now, in the, in the hearing, we provided all kinds of, of arguments and evidence in the sense that we said, we are, uh, in the, we are here to prove, and in court, in a trial, we will prove these things. That's the way a dismissal hearing is supposed to work. The judge is supposed to assume that we would do that. See, a dismissal hearing is not a trial. You don't That's submit right. exhibits. You don't bring in witnesses. It's an oral argument saying we are prepared to prove these things. And it just shows you the bias in the court. So when for the judge to write in her, in her dismissal uh, or, you know, uh, report that uh, they provided no evidence, uh, we need new judges because the judge clearly needs to go back to law school because that is not the purpose of a dismissal hearing. Now, we did expect to be dismissed. That was the plan all along. The goal is to get through appeal out of the Ninth Circuit and to the U.S. Supreme Court. And here's why. The judge is saying, you don't have standing to sue because you have a generalized argument. Well, there's a huge glaring exception to that line of reasoning. And that is when it's a constitutional question, and that is the issue of confidence. It is dividing our nation, and it's the behavior of the government, where the government has locked us, the public, we, the public, completely out of the, out of the process of auditing our own elections. I mean, everything's done in secret. It's done in a computer. And the state has no requirement to answer questions of the public. And if anything, this last legislative session, they just made it even harder because now you can't get cast vote records. So we, we're completely locked out of our own elections. It's unconstitutional. And that's the, the, the argument I think that's compelling. And it's, it's compelling in the sense that uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has already written a, a dissent opinion stating something very similar. And our hope is, is that the U.S. Supreme Court will see this case for what it is, a 14th Amendment equal protection question in which then, in that context, a generalized uh, argument uh, standing in court because the Constitution applies to all of us. And uh, we, don't, we shouldn't have to prove that the state is not on the up and up. The state should, should be transparent and open, and we should be able to take a look under the hood and, and audit our own elections. Um, the state doesn't even do their own audits, Jeff. I don't know if you know that. And uh, so... Again, it's all behind closed doors. Just trust us, and just trust us isn't going to work. We're, we're extremely confident that we'll, we'll uh, be given cert in the U.S. Supreme Court. That's the plan. Well, uh, it's working out marvelously, Mark. Uh, what, what's interesting uh, to me is, is not only the judge 
really not uh, in her nine-page explanation. And the reporter, the leftist reporter here, acknowledges that in one sentence. Says Beckerman's nine-page opinion didn't get into the merits of the complaint, but whether Thielman and other plaintiffs had legal standing. That's what has... I mean, she, she goes on to, quote-unquote, say, this is basically, and the judge said so, basically based on the 2,000 Mules uh, movie, and then Shumway says, well, that's been debunked by election experts. Yeah, so don't how? believe the video. Don't believe, yeah, I mean, that it hasn't been. No, it's but not they been say, debunked. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what's so frustrating here. Well, they're creating a narrative. So this that particular statement has been reported in, in at least two dozen uh, papers all over Oregon that I've been able to see. All of them are liberal rags, so to speak. And it, it's a narrative that they want. They don't want this getting out. They don't want people becoming more aware of it. And uh, that's why uh, we're, we're taking this, this road where we're being a little bit surreptitious. So I'm not out on every billboard on this thing. Uh, largely because all that does is bring in the heavy left. Uh, this thing is working its way through. They're very nervous about it, and that's why they're – I mean, this this ruling was out weeks ago, and now it's suddenly having a new wave of reporting and coverage. Right. I mean, I just heard my uh, – they mentioned on a couple other radio stations this morning. And, uh, you know, it's always fun driving to work, and you hear your name on the radio. So, the, <laughs> the you know, it's like, all right. So the, the fact is they are very nervous, and here's why it's being reported again, is we applied for expedited appeal, which is rarely given, and the government has actually agreed to it. The state said, we don't oppose expedited appeal. Why? Because in their mind, they want this thing snubbed out, and they're confident that we won't, they're, I mean, they're going to roll the dice because it's hard to get asserted in the U.S. Supreme Court. But obviously, this is a this is more than just an Oregon issue. It's a national issue. Sorry. So, so, so hang on, hang on a second. So, you've asked for certification. You're you're trying to bypass the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and go directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, when you do expedited appeal, you have to go through a three step process at the Ninth, and normally they would delay it for you know six months would be the quickest, right. more like a year. Right? It takes almost a year. Well, that's going to put us way past the 2024 timeline. We want to try to get to the U.S. Supreme Court before 2024. And the reason is, is the Supreme Court is looking for something that doesn't doesn't focus on fraud, which our case does not. I mean, Correct. We, we cite the, the, the 2000 Mules case uh, or a documentary. We cite that as an example of why people are losing confidence. Right. We're not even alleging whether it's true or not. That's not the point. The point is is that these anomalies, these things that are out there, are causing people to lose confidence in, them, in, in, their, in their own vote and in participation in the election. So it's, uh, it's an issue of, does the government have an obligation to maintain the public's confidence? We know that the government took you know, uh, extreme action at the uh, Silicon Valley Bank collapse, right, to maintain confidence. We hear Janet Yellen talking about why we needed to have a uh, a debt ceiling raise to maintain confidence in the dollar. I, I think we're on very good ground that the government also has an obligation to maintain confidence of the people in the election process. 
not to create a divisive election process based on uh, a totally unsecured mail-in balloting system. Again, we're not saying get rid of mail-in ballots. We're saying move to an absentee system that has a chain of custody on every ballot. That's, that's what we told the judge, that the current system of mail-in voting in Oregon is too easy to cheat. There's no protection from, uh, of the citizen from bad actors who want to steal the vote. And we, you know, you should have seen him squirming, Jeff. I literally thought the uh, attorney from the Secretary of State's office had hemorrhoids. I really did. <laughs> he was squirming and so uncomfortable. Okay. And the thing is, we left that hearing, one, knowing we would most likely be dismissed, but two, elated. We had a big group of people and we all went out and it was, it was incredible because they, the people in the audience saw the judge and the attorney squirming. They got what they did not expect, a compelling, powerful argument that that uh, has standing in the public eye and, and hopefully standing in, in the Supreme Court. Mark, thanks so much for joining us, folks. Go to his website, battlegroundoregon.org. Battlegroundoregon.org. Mark, thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow night at the Honky Tonk. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. 648. <laughs> Back in a moment. Don't go away. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is 10 minutes till the top of the hour. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Yes, folks, that's... um, You know, if, if, if anybody says to you, well, you know, this all these election claims of fraud in the elections process is just all of it's been debunked no it hasn't not a single case not one folks not one has in fact ever been heard on its merits not one folks not one That's something that's important to think about. It's important to be able to discuss. And in this case, I mean, you know, we, this is an old story, as Mark pointed out. And so you wonder why it brought up, well, he made it very clear. We know why it's being brought up. You see, this is the deep state of the administration, the bureaucracy in Oregon, doing what it always does, going to its leftist reporters who are complaining about the deep state cover-ups that they do. These same useful idiots, I'm sorry. These same folks, reporters, leftist reporters, that complain about, well, we, we we can't hardly find your audio recordings. Uh, Oregon Ethics Commissions, you know, when you vote in secret, which nobody else gets to do. 
we uh, we we just can't, you know, do that. We, we can't find them. Those same people willingly answer the phone call or the text message from the government bureaucrat who says, "Hey, can you run this story again?" And on background, you know, they're asking to go right to the U.S. Supreme Court to bypass the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And we're going to let them. We're going to agree at Audu. Why? Because we want this thing done and gone. Why? Because it is, and Mark pointed this out, folks, and this is the power of this lawsuit. It's the no-confidence argument. Because it is the basis, folks, of a prior Supreme Court ruling from years ago, Brown versus Board of Education. It is, it is the thing, and Mark said it, that the Supreme Court is looking for. They're looking for an election lawsuit that doesn't center on elections or the claim of a stolen election. This one centers on the same reasoning that worked so powerfully in the thinking of the Supreme Court back in the 60s, that black students felt disenfranchised because there was a perception that they were being still discriminated against in public education. That's what this centers on, and that's why they want to get rid of it. That's why the deep state of Oregon, the administrative state, wants to get rid of this. Because they cannot have this in front of the U.S. Supreme Court and have an adverse ruling. Because if they do, boy, does it ever upend everything. That's why they say they have no standing. By the way, uh, 503-589-1220 is the uh, Power Buke GMC call-in number. Uh, if you want to comment on this, Doug has a comment, which is Jeff uh, emails, by the way, jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Regarding Oregon's deep state, sidetracking the judicial system, the Speaker of the House in both Congress and the state legislature can use the subpoena to go after corrupt public government agents. That is correct. Actually, committee chairs also, when I was committee chair of the House uh, Ag and Natural Resources Committee for four years, I had the ability to, to subpoena anyone, including the governor. Anyway, he continues. We already know the Department of Justice and AGs can't be relied on to do their jobs. House speakers may open investigations themselves and question suspect administrative deep state officials who don't, who won't have defense attorneys present they defy subpoenas or get caught perjuring themselves, the Speaker of the House can empower the Sergeant of Arm of legislatures to hold and jail those caught abusing their positions. That's right. Politically, ain't nobody going to do that. Well, at least with <coughs> Democrats in control. Tomorrow night's honky-tonk, folks. I got a uh, question, by the way, from a state employee, one of many who listen to this show that shall never be named, who asked this question. This is a question for Mark Thielman. Is Mark Thielman connecting with Carrie Lake while she's in Salem? It would be good 
if not done previously, if they can talk about his efforts so she is aware and possibly can provide some level of support. You know, I don't know that. I think that's a great question for you to attend tomorrow night's Honky Tonk Political Coffee Clatch at 6 o'clock. We have a very busy agenda tomorrow night, folks. It is our first meeting with Oregon People's Vote. We're going to do the first half of the meeting. So we've got Farrelly Nelson of Unify Oregon. You know, she was the former communist activist, went all over the world promoting communism. She now is a conservative activist. She spoke, as you remember, she's going to be talking about their fundraiser they have coming up this Saturday, Unify Oregon and how important it is. She's going to be there. Mark Thielman's going to be there to talk about this lawsuit and talk about the importance of keeping battlegroundoregon.org funded and keeping it moving this incredibly important lawsuit up through the federal court system. And Nick Hall, Marion and Polk first, yes, and the very incredible thing that I hope all of you are doing, and that is you out there working who live, even if you don't live in the city of Salem, you can get signatures to put to a vote whether the, the working folks in Salem want to pay this new imposed income tax that costs the average worker in Salem $506 a year. Nick Hall from Marion and Polk First is going to be there to pick up your petitions and hand out petitions and answer more of your questions. Because it does get a little bit complicated because not everybody who lives in Salem, believe it or not, or has a Salem address or thinks they live in Salem, can actually vote on this thing and can actually sign a petition. But any of you listening to my voice, whether you live in Salem or not, you can gather signatures of people who do. That's what we're talking about tomorrow night. Come and join us. And then Oregon People's Vote's gonna have the second hour from seven to eight to do their normal thing. This is an important opportunity for you to continue to be updated on the latest things they're doing to protect your voting rights. All that's tomorrow night. The deep state is real, folks. And the legislature, as the Oregonian editor points out, needs to change this special exception that allows them to cover up, without a public vote, people like John Kitzhaber's corruption and Samia Fagan. And it's still going on, folks. Who knows how deep this goes? See you tomorrow.